Good morning, Reconcilers. I'd first like to apologize that I cannot be in person with y'all today. Unfortunately, I tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday afternoon, and I'm currently in quarantine. However, Rev. Josh has so graciously allowed for me to record my sermon for you all so that I still have the opportunity to preach. In light of all this, I know my voice is not completely there, and I would like to thank y'all in advance for hanging in there with me. Now that all of that has been said, good morning. As a religious studies major at a public university, I tend to get some well-intended, albeit kind of comical or peculiar questions. They range anywhere from, wait, so you wanna be a nun? To, where do you think we go when we die? However, the question that I get asked most commonly by students from all over the university is one that is very difficult to answer. How do you support the institutional Christian church that has done so much harm to so many people? This question has haunted me since I began my time at the university. I, like many, have experienced the direct harm that the church can cause. As many of you know, my family was asked to leave our previous church due to the person that my mom loves. What then brought us back? The answer I've come to realize is Christ's love as it is embodied through community. Anytime I think love through community, I think about y'all, the Church of Reconciliation. You truly incarnate Christ's love to me and you have been Christ's body to our family. Nonetheless, the institutional church does not always reflect this Christ-like love and acceptance. I think that this is precisely what Jesus is lamenting in this morning's gospel. While Jesus's tangible anger can be particularly uncomfortable to sit with, it is important for us to try and do so. In Luke's gospel, we find the most stoic picture of Jesus. Throughout the gospel, he is always in control, never failing to keep his emotions in check. Luke, though, also places particular emphasis on social injustices. This is why the combination of Jesus's anger over the Roman institutional hierarchy is particularly important. Jesus, as a subversive leader, particularly hates that Herod Antipas is harming the Roman Empire, the political institution that ultimately killed him. The particular paradox that I struggle with is the fact that the Jesus movement began as a subversion of the institutional hierarchy. Yet our own churches have now turned into that same structure that Jesus was trying to subvert. I'm not trying to assert that all institutions are bad. In fact, the church is what brings together so many people in Christ's love. What makes a church harmful, in my view, is when we decenter the love of Christ and the love of the individual. When we decenter the love of Christ in favor of political prestige, power, or monetary gain, this is when the church can justify harming others. This is when the Bible can be used to condemn others. This is when we can justify colonization and other atrocities in the name of an all-loving God. Jesus's aim in this passage is to condemn an institution that is not centered around love. The Episcopal Student Center discussed this passage during our weekly Bible study on Wednesday, and what struck many was the metaphor of the fox and the hen. 
Foxes in the ancient world were particularly conniving and detrimental to the agricultural society. They would eat and destroy many farmers' gardens, and they would steal eggs from hens. This, then, is a particularly complex insult that Jesus issues when he calls Herod a fox. Herod is destroying the lives of the people of Rome, including many prophets like John the Baptist. All of this violence occurred for Herod's own political power and continuation of his dynasty. Jesus, though, desires to be our hen. To gather us under the brood of his wings is to protect us from the harm being done on them by corrupt leaders everywhere. Jesus as our shield displays a tender feminine love, another facet of Jesus's all-encompassing love for us. One that desires protection and nurturing like a mother and a child. This continued protective motherly love of God is extended to us too. We too need to be reminded that our God is a loving God who desires to gather us like a mother and shield us from the worldly powers that threaten to degrade and dehumanize God's beloved children. In wake of many harmful institutions today, this passage is particularly salient. Domestically, we have Greg Abbott's attack on transgender youth and young adults, as well as Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. Worldwide, we are experiencing in real time the senseless violence happening in Ukraine, where civilian cities are being decimated and lives being destroyed for an autocratic world leader. It is all right to be angry. Jesus himself was angry. The Reverend Travis Helms, our campus missioner, and honestly just one of my favorite people ever, said in our discussion that anger is what love looks like when it meets injustice. I'm gonna say that again. Anger is what love looks like when it meets injustice. Seen in this way, anger can be good sometimes as it propels us to critique unjust institutions and moves us towards a more equitable world. As we are in the midst of Lent, it is easy to see all of the injustice in the world and want to completely shut down out of overwhelm. I invite you instead, this Lenten season, to consider practicing ways to unify in love, to find ways to promote healthy institutional authority within our own community of reconciliation, centering love and empathy to our friends and neighbors. Instead of giving up something, as we have all given up so much in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, recenter love in your own personal lives and in the institutions you are a part of. Like Jesus, get righteously angry and contribute something anything to support your siblings in Christ. So the reason that I can support and want to work within the institutional church is because of every single one of you. Those that show me love day in and day out, the privilege that I have to love all of you. I keep a powerful quote on a post-it note in my Bible and look at it often, though I unfortunately do not know who to attribute it to. Love, no matter how we define it, is not only a feeling, it is an action. In the grace of God, all of our definitions lead to a similar place. They lead to action. I pray that in this Lenten season, we will recenter our lives by loving our neighbors and do all we can to embody love through action. Amen.